Life at last Salutations from the other side I can see that you're the devil's pride Do you realize that all of you don't need GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast this week, episode 23, The Phantom of the Paradise by Brian De Palma. Um, it's not from the 1930s. It'd be a stretch to call it Golden Age Horror, but we're still going to talk about it anyway because I love it, and it's Halloween, and we're going to do something a little different. And Plus, we're running out of movies anyway, so we're going to pat it out, make it last a little longer. No one's going to complain. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. Andrew. Yes. Phantom of the Paradise. Yes. What about it? What do we start? Where do we start? This is a Brian De Palma film. He of uh, Carrie and uh, what's that? Dress to Kill. Yeah. Uh, all Scarface. I didn't realize he did like a lot of like cr- like horror movies before he Wait, did a did, bunch of crime did he movies. Do, did he do Carrie? Am I wrong about that? No, I'm pretty sure he did. I think okay. I looked at him. I looked him up, and I'm pretty sure he did like a lot of. He did, yeah, he's done a few the, horror movies. One of the like posters is like from the Master of Gore, or, like horror or something. Brian De Palma. Yeah. I mean, like, this is by far my favorite Brian De Palma movie. I don't think I've... I saw Carrie. I, I haven't seen Dress to Kill, but I saw Carrie. I think I saw Scarface. What else has he done? He's did, I didn't see the... I didn't like The Untouchables, actually. Uh, didn't like... Carrie's fine. Um, Scarface, I don't really like. But I love this movie. Well, this movie is very different than the rest of those in that it's a rock opera. Yep. Well, there, that, yeah, there's, there's, the, there's the first hook right there. It's a rock opera was sort of a glam rock yeah it's movie. more of a glam rock opera than a rock yeah. opera i mean both of the good both of the horror movie rock opera things are both glam rock right like rocky horror and this yeah and i, I like rocky horror a lot too i don't have you never heard you talk about do you like rocky horror? i've never seen rocky horror well that that is a crime and it needs to be rectified immediately <laughs> i actually want to go to the one of the midnight ones this year yeah but we can talk about that some other time the rocky, rocky horror is, is great i actually listened to the, i that I still listen to the Rocky Horror soundtrack, I would say, every day. Every single day? I Well, I listen to music every single day for 10 hours, probably. Okay. So a lot of the same songs from all sorts of things come up, and at least one song from that comes up every day. Uh, my current favorite song is Rose Tint My World. But I have to say, Phantom of the Paradise soundtrack, several songs on that I listen to at least once a week, probably. I like uh, Life at Last, probably my favorite track. Which is the big beef beef number? Yeah, I like uh, the hell of it, and I like uh, the whatever the beef creation song is. There, I can't remember what it's called. Supernatural. Something like I that. have no idea what any of them are called. Yeah, well, that's you know the one I'm talking about. Though, yes, it's the it's the cho- chorus or whatever the Greek chorus or whatever they're supposed to be. Lyric around the there. undead. Yeah, the undead exactly. So this is sort of a mashup of uh, three old novels, uh, pr- principally the Phantom of the Opera, but also the Picture of Dorian Gray and. Uh, Faust, 
Uh, we're assuming it's going to call it Gers Faust, even though it could, I suppose, be the play by Marlowe. Yeah. But uh, it's the same. It's an, it's an old European folktale. It's more the premise than the yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, they're all sort of in there, but it is it is primarily, I suppose, the Phantom of the Opera, right? Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, they call it the Phantom of the Paradise. That's, right. They, it's the Phantom of the Opera, but they they splice in pieces of the other ones as like storytelling yeah, mechanisms. Yeah, mainly in the, in the character of Swan, who's the villain of the film. Yeah. Who manages to be most the devil. The is Faust. he the devil, or did he just he, like? Well, he, he for first for the. I mean, everyone seems like when we were the people we were watching with several of them thought he was actually the devil for a period. I mean, it yeah. made sense. He was right pulling the devil's tricks. So it was like, if you just can you just like copy the devil's contracts? So I was thinking like he sort of in the for the course of the movie he takes the place of the devil, and then later on he 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 actually he's revealed to be the Faust figure, or also the Dorian Gray figure. Or the Dorian Gray doesn't make any deals with the devil or anything. He just, I don't know. Who does he make a deal with? Like a wizard. He doesn't make any deals. He, he just, just has a portrait. <laughs> yeah, he just has a portrait, and for whatever, it's just like something happens that day when there it's being painted. Um. Anyway, the door picture Dorian Gray is a movie that we could is a st- story that we could watch several of the excellent adaptations of, but we can talk about that some other time. Like there's, the, there's like, actually there's actually like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, <laughs> uh, we're not counting that as anything. We're certainly not going to get back into that. Dorian Gray does not even appear in the comic. Yes, he does. Not in the comic. Oh, okay. He's certainly in the movie where he's some kind of unkillable ninja man. Yeah. Which is sort of stretching the premise a little bit. Uh, when, he, when he fights a vampirized Eastern European Mina Harker. But let's not... We're down. We're going to go down that road. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to stop. So next we're going to talk about Leo Restoring a Gentleman. <laughs> and then every subsequent week forever. <laughs> but, um... So the story is about a singer-songwriter type named Winslow Leach who's a piano man in the in the classical Billy Joel sense and he's writing a cantata based on Goethe's Faust which is the story of a man who sells his soul to the devil for worldly um, glories pleasures of the flesh I believe he be- in the story he becomes young um, gets everything he wants realizes it was a bum deal hijinks ensue um, it's also the story, the uh, Fan of the Paradise is also the story of the record producer Swan, who's sort of like this undying Phil Spector, Svengali figure who like <clears throat> uses and abuses his pop stars, enriches himself, and is after some who knows what. What who, he doesn't really ever his end game apparently is to open a, is open to rock club, which seems like small potatoes but he really wants to do it so more power to him i guess yeah you know you gotta have your gotta have your dreams living forever doesn't change those yeah um now the movies the 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 impetus of the movie is that swan hears winslow leach opening up for one of his acts the juicy fruits who are a garbage 50s nostalgia band who sing about carburetors and he hears the song realizes that the song is perfect but winslow leach is not and sets about a plan to steal Winslow Leach's songs and t- and dispose of Winslow Leach. Winslow is uh, at first just ignored, but then when he be- makes trouble, he is in short order uh, beaten up, sent to jail, has his teeth removed and replaced with metal teeth. Um, and then uh, when his when he finally finds out his music is being st- actually stolen for 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 sure stolen and recorded by someone else. Which he is completely which is the juicy fruits. The juicy fruits, which is like the worst possible outcome for him. He escapes prison, 
uh, tries to destroy Death Records, which is Swan's label. It's a little on the nose. Well, uh, I'll talk about that one second. And he gets his face burned off by a record press, and and my probably it's it's a great use of record press. The best the best on screen experience of a record press ever. The only on screen appearance of record press that I know. Okay, let's not belabor the point, Andrew. The um, <laughs> the record label, uh, Death Records, was supposed to be called Swan Song. However, if you are familiar with a Little Naked Icarus Man, you'll yeah. know that. Led Zeppelin's label was Swan Song. Oh, okay. And they found out that later. You're familiar with the Little Naked Icarus Man? Yeah. You get the you get the reference now? Yes. Um Brock Samson has most of that tattooed on his body. Yeah. I know the little he's like got his arms up in the air. Yeah. He's like ready to party. He's ready to fly too close to the sun, Andrew. <laughs> party first. Yeah, party. It's it's just one big metaphor for I I'm assuming rock and roll excess. Yeah. But uh <clears throat> Yeah, so then, then um, Winslow has survived his record press experience, but is no longer can, can no longer talk, uh, and he's also been understandably his face has been flattened and burned by the record press because human flesh is not meant to be treated like vinyl. No. Uh, so he, and this is where the film really takes it to the Phantom of the Opera turn. He dons black leather, a sweet bird-like motorcycle-looking helmet, <laughs> and begins to um, sabotage Swan's show. First by murdering the uh, Juicy Fruits or whatever they're... I think they're called something else by then. No, they're still uh, the Juicy Fruits. Okay. Then does um, he actually murder them? Because those actors play all the other uh, musicians. He definitely blows up a bunch of them. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they're probably dead. I'm assuming they're dead. Sure, why not? Um, and, uh, st- at all, and at various points, he's like Swan continually leads him on. After he kills the Juicy Fruits, he he meets up with him. He gives him his little uh, electronic voice box, makes him finish the show. Um, uh, in the in the meantime, sort of in the background, Winslow has met this woman Phoenix before he gets his face destroyed, who he has decided is ideal for the music. It's played by Jessica Harper of Suspiria. Um, and and uh, you know, after he gets his voice destroyed in his face and all that becomes the Phantom, uh, they're holding auditions, and Phoenix is there. Um, so and he tells Swan in exchange for writing the show he's going to have Phoenix be his voice um, and Swan lies to him and tells him that's fine blah 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 but instead we get the instead of Phoenix Swan elects to put on probably the greatest character in the history of cinema which is a uh, male glam rock star oh, okay <laughs> what did you think I was going with that I was like I was you were just going a long way with a lot of stuff. I was like, where is he going? So I lost so, the train uh, a while ago. Yeah, the train is the train is way off the tracks. So I started talking about Phantom of the Paradise is the problem. Yeah. Um Yeah, beef. Beef. Well, cuz he's cuz you know, he's a guy from the 50 Swan is from the 50s, so he was like into that 50 stuff for a while. But then like he got sick of the juicy fruit, so he needed that new sound. Yeah. And beef is the sound of the 70s. Beef is certainly the sound of something. The sound of the seventies. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to imagine this. This movie is pre, uh, I believe it's pre Ziggy Stardust. It's also pre heavy metal in any real sense. So, the sound of uh, this is Andy Williams who wrote wrote all the songs and he plays Swan. It's his best attempt at doing like music of the future, and I think he does a decent job at prefiguring heavy metal and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess there were like 
three Sabbath albums by then, so I guess I can't really say there's no heavy metal. But still, we'll give him some credit. Yeah, so, but uh, Beef, who is a hilarious um, I don't know. So he's a real card. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he's real glam. He does a great. He does a great musical number, "Life at Last," and he gets uh, the Phantom throws a lightning bolt at him, and hits him with it too. Yeah, and hits him, and it electrocutes him. It all makes perfect sense. And then uh, Phoenix takes the stage to save the show. Does an incredible job. Everyone loves her. Um, Swan seduces her Phantom sees finally loses it tries to kill himself all of a sudden he realizes he can't because this movie get, got crazy bonkers somewhere even more so <laughs> and Swan is literally like the devil has yeah somehow did a magic trick where the Phantom is bound to Swan Swan cannot die uh, and, and Phantom the Phantom cannot die unless Swan dies so and Swan can't die because Swan is in also in a contract. Yeah, so Swan made a deal with the devil where he can't die or age. However, his videotapes age instead in a weird twist on the Dorian Gray. Yeah. Um, and the Phantom can't die because he bound himself to Swan. And Swan, and in order to die, Swan has to die. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's pretty much like a, um, a pyramid scheme. Yeah, and, and and the best part about it is how much how how well it was prefigured by the rest of the movie. Yeah, like I see you see it coming from a mile away. Absolutely. Except I, you don't at all because it's insane. I don't see him stabbing himself coming until he's until the heart until the knife is already in his chest. I'm like, oh, I guess he's going here with that. He also just keeps trusting Swan for some reason. Yeah, well, he's not not a bright guy. No, apparently not. He just he's, he's like he's, he's just he's. A, I mean, so so why does he keep trusting Swan? He's like. I think that's um, where we were. So well, the impetus for the uh, the film, the idea that Brian De Palma had was um, that it was, the, the film was supposed to be about like the sort of degeneration of like a, a pure artistic vision of a song and how it eventually gets reduced to Muzak, basically. Sure. It's sort of the permutation it takes. So I think it's like it's sort of like a, a necessary... Um, artistic evil to make Winslow so trusting you know yeah like it's it's more of a metaphorical thing because this is not a movie about characters really it's a it's a sim- movie of symbols yeah and uh in the sense that uh um like Swan I mean that's not Swan Winslow represents every artist who's ever signed a bad contract you know yeah, and they just took it to the logical extreme of having the uh, person offering him the bad contract not literally be not not just be greedy, but literally be like evil and you know the worst. And the contracts being your soul in exchange for etc. Right. It's like he steals his music. He's like, "Yeah, I'll go there." He didn't. He, oh, I'm not allowed in his office? All right, that's fine. I'll just go to his house. Oh, he kicked me out of his house. That's weird. Yeah, the beginning, yeah. Oh, I'll just go back yeah. to his office. Oh, wait, he put me in jail. Oh, I found him later. Oh, I'm not going to kill him. I'll trust this guy. He's going to make my music this time. Oh, he, he bricked me. He locked me up. He all... Yeah, um, what's that guy? Oh, no. He trusted me real good. 
I guess he's alright still. I'll learn. Yeah, he just he just doesn't doesn't get it. Um but sucks to be him, I guess. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. But this movie's great. I mean it's so much fun. Yeah. It's it's so ridiculous. It's got great music. It's got great style. It looks fantastic. You know, the act, the performances are all are great. You know, none of them are. I mean, Andy Williams is literally not an actor, but he does fine as Swan. Yeah. Um, Jessica Harper's great. William Finley's great. Garrett Graham is great. The fat guy's great. Everyone's great. It's a great time. <laughs> Everyone's having a fun time. Everyone's being. Glam. Everyone's having a fun time making glam rock and murdering and, and all that shit. Like Daft Punk must have ripped their outfits off from this, right? Yeah. Or just maybe, actually, it's funny that you say that, because I think they're actually, I think this movie is where they met. Oh, really? And like a showing of this movie, I think. Let me see. Because I remember looking this movie up, but I think. Yep. They saw the movie together like 20 times. <laughs> okay, well that makes perfect sense because they sound exactly like uh, beef. Yeah. And they no, I mean, I, they kind of adapted the whole black leather helmet thing. Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. You know, because I think they, don't they wear the robot suits but they're black leather and they, their helmets are kind of like motorcycle helmets, right? Yeah, they have like screens like you know over them. I actually don't know much about Daft Punk to be honest. I know that one song, um, but sure. And uh, I know what they look like, though. They, they look like robot men, kind of. Yeah, almost like Phantoms of the Paradise. Yeah. That's how I prefer to think of them. If Phantoms of the Paradise was more like electronic music-based yeah. and synth-based, that's kind of what he would look like. He would look more like a robot than like a bird. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Phantom of the Paradise. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, so yeah, so that was an interesting aside that you made. That was I don't know. Did you read that too, or did you just... I probably did at some point. Okay. I'm sure I didn't just. Yeah. You didn't just kind of say that off. The... No, I, this this movie I don't. I didn't even have to look up because I know all the names of the actors. Yeah. So I didn't. This one I have don't have. I usually have Wikipedia up so I can read the names of the actors at the beginning. Right. But this we did this so fast. I just, you know. I've looked it up recently, I'm sure, to look at the names of the actors. You just looked it up in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a great movie. Um, everything I like is in this movie. Murder and glam rock. <laughs> kind of at the same time. What? And, you know, at pretty much the same time. Yeah. Off, yeah, at least once completely simultaneously. Also... Dorian Gray, Faust, Phantom of the Opera, all things I like. So it's pretty much the perfect movie. It it, it is in a lot of ways the perfect movie. Um, not to not to put it too high on a pedestal because it, I can't. I mean, it, do you now? You, I, I don't. I I'm pretty much blind to any flaws this movie might have. Yeah. Do you think there's flaws to this movie, Andrew? I mean, there are probably flaws to this movie. It's. Uh, do you think? Good. Like he's a even he is a little unbelievable still. And uh, how trusting he is. Sure. Sure. Some of, like, 
the devil kind of pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's not really prefigured by anything, but <laughs> foreshadowing. Not this movie's strong point. No, this movie lives just, lives in the now. It literally jumps from from thing to thing like a crazy person. Yeah, like a speed-addled glam rock <laughs> superstar. Pretty much with muscles for days. Um, but yeah. That's the fate of the paradise. I'm going to read my outro now. Okay. And we're going to say this is episode 23, I think, right? I don't know. Thanks for listening to episode 23 of the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. Visit our website for more information, articles, and show notes. My first ebook is out on Amazon. It's called All Godless Here. It sadly does not feature Phantom of the Paradise, but it should. If you liked our podcast, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We have zero, so feel free. If you want to miss an episode, join our mailing list at our website. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash allgodlessyear. Follow me on Twitter at The Water Method or Andrew at Pizza Pranks. Andrew's website is www.pizzapranks.com. Our theme music is the Swan Lake dub by Dubology. Next week we're talking about The Wicker Man. Thanks for listening. Again, that looks like...